you're listening to the Worcester Observer Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer Podcast, or should that be the Worcester by the Sea Podcast? I don't know. Uh, I'm Rob George, your host, swimming back from Worcester very quickly to record this on Wednesday morning. I'm joined by my regular podcast partner, Claire. Claire, have you swum in this morning? Or Well, luckily I haven't, but I'm enjoying um, your stories of surviving the floods this morning. <laughs> oh my goodness, when's it going to stop, Rob? Well, it, apparently now it's going to snow tomorrow, so... Well, at least that way maybe it'll all solidify and it'll, let us still catch water. up, oh, I guess. If yeah. there could be a drought, if any weather gods are listening, if there could be a drought for about a fortnight now, I think a lot of people in the city would appreciate it. We're going to take you through the stories you'll be seeing on worcesterobserver.co.uk and, of course, in the paper. And on the front page, dramatic view of New Road, I'm afraid. Um, under an awful lot of water, cricket season is six weeks away. So that's the actual cricket pitch? That's, that's the cricket ground. Oh, my goodness, I didn't even take yep. that in. I've been looking at this front page all morning, and, um, oh, my goodness, that is insane. That it's does look like a lake. Four or five metres of water. Cricket season, as I said, is six weeks away. I think Worcester's first game is not until the end of April, so maybe seven or eight weeks away. But there's an awful lot of water to shift for cricket to be played on that wicket. Wow. And I was staggered. We A massive, massive thanks to... Dave Throop and to everyone at the Environment Agency for the work they're doing because I can imagine there are numerous people going without sleep at the moment yeah. uh, to keep Worcester as open for business as possible. Uh, but also thanks to Dave for this picture that you will see on the front page of Worcester, the Worcester Observer, but we'll put it online as well, of the cricket ground. But also this stat as well. This is now the 10th time uh, the floodwaters have reached above five metres at Diglis to the south of the city. It's the tenth time. The tenth time in records in history. Tenth time. Since records began or five of those mm. happened in the last 20, 20 years. Yeah. So that we've had five occasions in the last twenty years. Do you want to know how long the previous five took? How? Hundred and thirty-five years. Well, I think this is the thing we all know now, don't we, that it's happening and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And it is the climate change that Mm. some people have been denying. But I think now we all can recognise the fact that, yeah, we need to come up with solutions. Just stop moaning about it now, everyone. We need solutions. And, um, yeah, who knows what can be done? Well, I'm with Mary Dono, who you heard from on the... um podcast last week um it's not just about barriers and throwing money at it it's about becoming flood resilient i mean we've got all this technology and the met office were bragging about their supercomputer that predicted the path of the storm and everything that's great but where's the predictions and where's the effort and the money going into ha that bit of the river seven is very susceptible to flooding so should we invest there because if we reduce flooding there it reduces the impact here and here and here yeah. I don't think it's 2020. It's not beyond the wit of man to do that, surely. Well, in um I know in America they often build other huge rivers to take it out to the oceans <laughs> and things like that. I mean, can we not do that? And this do we not have the room? I don't think we've got the room here. I think it's landlocked and the seven of course runs from the mid Wales out into the Bristol Channel. Yeah. Um and obviously it had has rivers feeding into it. So 
I don't know. Better people than I will know, but... I do know what they should start doing is stop building on the floodplains. Exactly. They keep selling all this land to the builders and these houses are popping up all over. And no wonder, and then they moan. It's just ludicrous, isn't it? It absolutely absolutely is. I agree with you entirely. I mean, these green fields, they're not just pretty to look at, albeit we've got many areas in our county that are lovely to look at, but they've got something called soil. Mm. Soil drains water. Soil needs water. Grass needs water. Plants need water. Vegetation needs water. So it goes stands to reason that if we have more green mm. and things that absorb water, less likely to flood. Absolutely. And more also, concrete that and, doesn't absorb water. And also water. people in general don't like their homes being flooded. So it's no. stupid to put a house on a floodplain that they know... Well, it's, it's ridiculous. ...will get flooded. Yeah. It is absolutely ridiculous. And hopefully the lessons out of this will be along the lines of better building. Mm. I mean, we need more homes, of course we do, but it's a big country. We're not, we're not a small island. We are a big country. There's plenty of room. Yeah. You've just got to look in the right places. There are. Is this happening anywhere else in Europe or anything? Or is it us because we are kind of on the receptive end of that Atlantic? Oh, I and think there's others, but we, we yeah. don't read about other floods because we're at the moment we're targeted. Mm. But we've got many very big rivers and... I mean, it breaks my heart. I've been this morning, I've been to for another story. We, we may get on to talking about briefly, but we may not. But I took a drive into the centre of the city, uh, staying safe and staying away from the affected areas. Um, but it is heartbreaking. It's The water level is just... It, it's biblical. It is biblical. <laughs> uh, the river level. And it breaks my heart. And to those, any of you that have been directly affected, my thoughts are with you, and I hope the help is there. Uh, that you need uh, at this time and certainly um, there will be financial support Worcester City Council have confirmed that householders uh, who have been flooded will be given 100% council tax relief and businesses will get 100% business rate relief for three months as well uh, which is the least that could be done Mm -hmm. Um, but also there will be money made available and I know uh, Worcester City Council are writing to the government for more money to be made available for the clean up because the cleanup will come. It's just a question of when. I mean, the now I was talking to a couple of people in the city this morning. The peak it may not be now till Thursday, right? And they were saying it was going to be Wednesday afternoon. Now it's Thursday, and seeing what's happening in Bewdley, where the levels are going up and over the flood barriers. I mean, Worcester, we should be all right because um, certainly the eastern side of the city towards the Hive is all on a hill, so. It'll take out the road network and it will take out the businesses that are there, but businesses there, like the old rectifying house, are used to it, sadly. And, and you're right, though. Um, that's something a lot of people don't actually think about is the clean-up, which, because after all this water, so much debris is left... It is, it's ridiculous. ...lying everywhere, and that all needs to be picked up, and it is very expensive, isn't it, for our councils well, to deal cost, with? Well, it will cost the council time, effort, money, uh, all, and for what? I mean... The river level had begun to recede, only to just come up and over again. But the the speed in which it came over mm. was frightening. I was talking to a police officer uh, this morning, and originally he said they wanted to put the traffic plans in place at 10 o'clock last night and then leave it till 6 o'clock this morning. Mm. They've had to update it at 2 o'clock this morning, 4 o'clock this morning, because the water levels were rising so high. And as we record this... Um, the Worcester Bridge heading into the city is now closed. 
are heading into the, in the direction towards the city is now closed because of the water level. So keep up to date on social media, Worcester Highways and Travel on Twitter. Give them a follow if you're not on Twitter. Uh, we will certainly take as much information as we can and put it on our website as well. Uh, but the guys at Worcester Highways have been doing a sterling job. They've been updating. The moment they know, they're saying, this is now closed or this will be closing in 15 minutes. And I think just to end on the floods, really, is that those that of you who parked on Croft Road and Cattle Market yesterday and still haven't removed your cars, well, you deserve everything that's coming to you because the amount of warnings that came out from people saying, move your cars, the water level is coming up and people still ignore them. Were there still cars there today? There was still there was I counted I counted three, I think. And are they underwater Submerged now? Oh, no. But there, there was plenty of warnings. I will not yeah. fault the authorities for what they did because they got onto social media and be, said literally you've got half an hour. It might be people it. who've gone away yeah, or something. True, but mm. it's another expense. Oh. They're gonna have to incur another um another expense that um could be incurred is I'd say an exclusive on the front page of The Observer and on worcesterobserver.co.uk because health chiefs have admitted 2,500 car parking passes have been issued to staff at the Worcestershire Royal. That's despite the venue and the hospital having less than 1,000 dedicated staff parking spaces. Oh, my goodness, something is afoot. So what is afoot? Do we know what they're doing here? Um, all, whilst all the, it's important to caveat that whilst all the passes won't be used at the same time because not every member of staff will be working at the hospital at the same time, mm. um, they have admitted um, the situation does add up to the chaotic scenes often seen on the Royals under pressure car park. Any of you that have gone for treatment or gone to visit someone at the Worcester Royal know that parking is a lottery. It's, and it's really expensive. And expensive. My, my dad was in hospital and he um, for there for about almost six months. So we were there almost every day. He was in a coma for a lot of that time. So, oh my goodness, the number of times I've driven round and yep. round and round and round. Um, yeah, it, it's astronomically expensive and really, really chaotic. They need to do something. They need to do something. I mean, two and a half thousand car parking passes. So what are they saying? So each... So they've issued two and a half thousand car parking to a thousand staff for for staff. Mm. That's despite the Worcestershire Royal only having space for less than a thousand members of staff to park. Yeah, because obviously they've got to, they can't dedicate all the parking spaces no. to staff because you need patients and visitors. Um, they have. I will speak up for the health trust. They have said in the email that was leaked to us. And that they are looking at it and they are looking at taking action and more car parking spaces, who knows? Mm. Um, but certainly it's something that they need to control and I would suggest that the parking passes maybe need to be reviewed and if there's any members of staff that no longer work for the trust that have still got parking passes... They just need to scrap them all and start again, don't they? they Saying, you work may, here, you have a pass. <laughs> it may be that. But the new director of estates and facilities, Stephen Welch, is looking at it as well. But do read that and I do want your views on it because certainly my experience is we've gone for hospital appointments and it's been a case of shut your eyes and hope there's a space or wait for someone to pull out and think, oh, I'm having that, yeah. Mm. Yes, and let them out. Yes, you come, you come on out because I want your space. And certainly, uh, I didn't notice it when we had our son at the Worcestershire Royal because we they ask you to be there at stupid o'clock in the morning. So stupid o'clock in the morning, you can park wherever you like. Mm. But if you arrive there during the day, then I know we had visitors come to see us and they couldn't park. 
and they were driving around in ages and ages and ages. So it is something that needs addressing, but do get in touch with me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or editor at worcesterobserver.co.uk about that, because I would be interested to hear your thoughts about the experience, and maybe we can pass them on to the Health Trust and say, this is what experience people are, because I know a lot of people are forced into the side roads and to neighbouring streets. Oh, a lot of the times, yeah, we'd end up... Well, my mum, my brother and I would meet and leave up two of the cars at, yeah. um, you know, far away and then all jump in the same car. And it's not fair on those in the neighbouring streets. Yeah, exactly. But um, so mm. if you're affected in the neighbouring streets as well, do get in touch with us and let us know about that. Page two, I'm going to miss out on because I want to go to page five. And it's, it's an emotional week this week because Sunday was four years since... Um, my mum uh, passed away. Uh, so my emotions are pretty high. And one of the things that have really caught my emotions, and I think probably will do, is the latest on Oscar Saxelby Lee as well. And a new fundraising effort for the parents of Oscar has been launched to provide financial support to the couple whilst they're out in Singapore. Organised by Jem Smith, the Just Giving page aims to raise cash for Olivia and Jamie because Singapore is one of the most expensive places to live mm. uh, when you don't intend to be there either and when you're there. So it's to raise money for them to help them meet the bills uh, off-site. I mean, they're not going out and having a good time. This is to help them pay rent on where they're living to buy food and also to help with bills at home because neither of them are working uh, because they're supporting Oscar as well. It's raised a fair bit of money already. Do we know how long they're going to be out there for? It's how long is a piece of string. It's Oscar yeah. needs to get better because sadly um, Oscar now is currently battling the side effects of the CART therapy, uh, which is um, a, store, a neurotoxic, neurotoxicity to his brain, causing a loss of speech, confusion, loss of coordination, muscle deterioration, fever, chills, headache, you name it. Uh, and the poor little mite is suffering uh, with it at the moment. It, it is a side effect, we should say. It is a side effect so we're of hoping the CART you'll get better, therapy yeah. because it's so tough on the disease. So it is a side effect. This is not cause. And certainly whilst Olivia seems is, appears to be very heartbroken and worried, it's a worry that her boys are once again being put through the mill and it's not something yet to really worry about but um if you can visit justgiving.com search for gem smith that's j-e-m smith conve uh, the conventional spelling do have a look for it we will put the hyperlink online on worcesterobserver.co.uk so you can click through to it but i've had to shorten it down because the address was a bit long yeah well um his poor oscar's poor parents i mean they've got enough to worry about so it's the least we could do to hopefully yeah. just let them not worry about money so they've got a roof over their head over there and all the necessary funds because for, we don't know when he's yeah. we don't know i mean it needs him it needs this illness to basically let go and lose its grip because once he's in a good condition he can have a bone marrow transplant to get his immune system back and once his immune system back <laughs> and fully functioning then we can look about going home i mean we all we all want him home we all want the three of them home because yeah. you know if you i'm sure you do if you follow hand in hand for oscar the facebook page the honesty of which olivia speaks about it is it's soul, it's soul destroying and heartbreaking, uh, whether you're a parent or not. And as I said, my emotions are pretty high and I'm going to stop talking now because I can feel them no. building up again. But Oscar, if you're listening to this over in Singapore, we're thinking of you and <laughs> get are. better soon. We want you home. We certainly are. And uh, if leukemia, if you are, uh, 
acute T-cell lymphoblastic leukaemia, if you are listening, leave him alone now. You've had two goes at him. You haven't got him. So do the decent thing. Leave him alone now and let him be a normal... He's now a six-year-old, of course. I nearly did call him a five-year-old. Um, quick programming note for you as well. Um, please, next week, uh, do keep a look out for our Dementia Matters column. It's going into the paper next week, but it'll also be online as well. You know, it's been four years since my mum uh, passed away uh, with the condition, and you know how much it means to me. Do read it, do read it, because um, we do want it to take off, because we do want to promote what the Alzheimer's Society are doing. Another thing they're doing as well, uh, this quite shocked me, is that care costs for Worcester families affected by dementia could soar by two-thirds in the next decade, according to the Alzheimer's Society. Oh, yikes. The latest figures for the estimate... Uh, latest figures for the West Midlands, sorry, estimate care costs will rise from an estimated £3,376 to £5,297 in 2030, an increase of 66%. Wow. That's... Um... Sorry, so how? So that's the cost. It the care cost of if putting in a care home and right, okay, everything associated with it. Wow, I mean, this is absolute. To me, it's absolutely staggering. Is that because there's more people who there are, are more? S- we're, we're living yeah. longer, and also dementia is. I mean, it is going to be the 21st century's biggest killer mm. uh, because it is now well known. As I think we spoke about maybe last week or the week before. It's no longer getting old. Yeah. It is dementia. For a generation, it was, oh, I'm getting forgetful because I'm getting for old. It's mm. now, it's dementia. But it does seem, is it just my age? I know a lot more people who are suffering with dementia, or is it something that's kind of growing? I think become, it's growing. I think yeah. it's growing because people now understand it, and I think people speak out. I think certainly, my, even my mum's experience is, oh, I'm getting old. I'm, mm. getting, I'm just getting old. It's not. It, yeah. And I think... A generation before us would probably say, oh, I'm getting old and I'm just getting forgetful in my old age. It may not be that. No. And I just think there's so much being promised by the government, you know, HS2, this, that and the other, and this trinket, that trinket. I'd very much like to see Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, look at this and address it because the more we do now, the better it's going to be in the long term because... I mean, we were we were okay as a family because it didn't impact uh, financially on my dad um, as much. I mean, he lost certain things, but his house was never at risk. Oh, you see, my friends, they're having to um, sell their house and everything because yeah. the, the mum's having to go into a home and you're only allowed to have the first 27,000 or something. Yeah, yeah. And basically, yeah, they're having to sell the house and move. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really shocking, actually. But this is only going to get bigger. Uh, and until we get a cure, cure or we can develop more powerful medication to slow it down a lot faster, if that makes any sense, to slow something down faster, um, this is going to kill more and more people and it's going to take people in their prime. And it doesn't differentiate age, gender. You know, there are people in their 30s that are being diagnosed with it Mm. um, because it's there. So hopefully with all these trinkets and all these giveaways that the government are planning, address this. I know the NHS needs money and I know we need to be in a good position for when Brexit happens, but this is going to be there long after Brexit, long after we've stopped talking about the European Union, Brexit and everything. Mm. This is going to be with us now for 
probably the rest of our generation and probably my son's generation. I'm just praying that they come up with some sort of cure or something. I hope so. Um, because it is, as you say, it's it's um, so painful to watch someone go through it. Um, it's frightening. I mean, it's it's the most horrible thing. I mean, you've had it firsthand. I've had it through one of my best friend's mm. mothers. And you can't believe the person that you see and how they... You no. it, it's, it turns you into a whole different person. And it's just so debilitating for the whole family. It, it's horrible. It really it is does, horrible. It has, I mean, it has an impact. I mean, I tell people regularly, I actually grieve twice. Mm. You know, I grieved for my mum about a year before she passed because then she wasn't the person I knew. Yeah. And then I grieved again when she actually passed because it's that cruel. Mm. The only saving grace is that I was lucky is that she recognised who we were until she went. See, my friend's mum isn't recognising her own daughters now. Which and is, it's it's really, it's really painful. Um, yeah, I mean, she'll have moments of clarity. Yeah. She will, and we'll think, "Wow, what's happened?" But then it's, but it's twenty four seven as well. Like yeah. the other night, she went out. She managed to escape in the middle of the night and mm. ended up halfway down the motorway. Apparently, it's just painfully horrible what my friend's having to go through, and um, we're, we're all trying to be there to support her and everything. But now it's got to the time where she needs that twenty four help yeah. in a home or something. And that's the biggest thing. And it's expensive. <laughs> this admission that you need. Mm -hmm. to put them in a home because there's still the stigma of oh well I failed them mm. um, you don't no <laughs> if, if they get to the point did where did your mum go into a home yes she, yeah. was in, she was in two um, she was in two before she died and I know the guilt um, that we felt but she was at a point where she needed yeah she needed the specialist care that people who understood the condition I mean the one thing I keep banging on about, and I'm sorry to bore you all listeners, the impact on those who have become carers with no experience. Yeah. You do it out of love and support. You've got no experience. So mm. you sh I understand completely why you feel like it. Please don't ever feel any guilt because you're not trained for it. You've gone to the limits of your training, and I'm air-quoting training mm. uh, there, once you can't do it anymore, you're doing the best thing by them by putting them in an environment where they've got the specialist care. Yeah. Because it will drive you. It will drive you crazy. If you... I mean, we are so lucky, aren't we, in this country, though, that we do have the NHS and we do have these resources. I mean, imagine if you were in one of the, another country that yeah. just didn't have all this, you know. So the help is out there. We obviously, it is. We obviously do need more money <laughs> we do. Um, to tackle it, but you're not alone if you're but it a would carer. Be, to me, to, I'd say to the government, it's an investment. Mm. Because the more we do now, we, there's a chance we could mitigate it further down the line. Same with flooding. Yeah. If I ever thought of getting dementia and flooding into the same conversation but the more we do that now the more we can mitigate it anyway i will jump off my hobby horse because otherwise this podcast will be about four or five hours long um, <laughs> the government just needs to listen to our podcast really don't they well you know we have all the answers of things that need to be done if, if they if they want to <laughs> boris you know uh, give me a call any point uh, i can put the worlds to rights uh <laughs> In no time. That's why this is why it works so well between Claire and I, because we could almost be sitting in a pub having a drink <laughs> and just putting the world exactly. to rights. Well, do you know what? We probably do have conversations that people, a lot of people out there, do have. <laughs> so this is why, and often this is the beauty of podcasts, because you can just dip in and listen to other people's conversations. So. Yeah. One day we will have a row. Um, <laughs> all, uh, Obviously, I will win it. Of um, course. <laughs> 
you know, that I, I will concede. That's no, <laughs> no problem at all. Um, I do want to draw attention just to one thing, because I'm still chuffed with the intro that I wrote for this. Uh, a massive congratulations to Ben Humphrey, the artistic director at the Worcester Rep, for being nominated uh, in the Best Director for the Great British Pantomime Awards. Oh, no, it wasn't. Oh, yes, he has. <laughs> we didn't even rehearse that. That is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, just congratulations, because I just wrote the intro with, he'd been nominated, dot, dot, dot. Oh, yes, he has. I just thought it was worth getting that in there as well. <laughs> National Butchers Week as well next week. Intro, oh, no, uh, 9th to the 15th of March. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, support your local butchers, everyone. If you've got a local butchers near you, you're very lucky. Um, the meat is often locally sourced from around Worcestershire and our own farmers. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of local... Actually, I don't eat four-legged things. I eat chicken fish but i do always get organic and i always get my chicken from my local butchers See, red meat absolutely fine this is the downside of recording a podcast just before lunchtime because now i'm hungry and i want a burger mm-hmm. anyway we're going to move on now to claire's what's on worcester roundup for all the things to do and see this week it's claire bullivant with this week's what's on gate thanks rob Yes, my topics of things to see and do this weekend in Worcester and Malvern are as follows. Starting on Friday, the 28th of February, there's a beer and cider festival starting at the Dragon Inn in Worcester. They're going to be having award-winning church and brewery beers, guest real ale and craft cider, all mixed with live music from Ruben Seabright and Immy and the Boatman. It's going to be a great weekend. It's all kicking off from noon on on Friday and also happening all day on Saturday as well. On Friday night, I highly suggest going to see Ahir Shah and his comedy show at Huntington Hall. You'll have seen Ahir on things like Have I Got News For You, Live at the Apollo and The Mash Report. But this is his brand new stand-up show, Dots, featuring his signature blend of philosophical inquiry, personal examination and sweet gags. He tells me topics include Mexico, culture, politics, cigarettes, depression, adulthood, funerals and dead German sociologists. But it is considerably funnier than it sounds, he says. So I hope so. It normally sells out everywhere. So do get your tickets quick if you want to go. 7.30pm there. On Friday night, there's also the Loud and Queer Arts Festival happening at the Swan Theatre. This is two performances by Alex Billingham and Plastercast Theatre, both dealing with queer themes. It's going to be a great night at 7pm. Get your tickets quick. Loads of live music also going on all over the place on Friday night. To mention just a few, Chalky Martin, he's going to be over at Drummond's in Worcester on Friday. Shanghai Shuffle, love that band. They're going to be at the Cozy Club in Worcester. Captain Starfighter and the Lockheeds, they're putting on a show at the Mars Bar. Corey's Angels, they're going to be putting on a show at the Colwall Park Hotel in Malvern. And Lewis Bolton, he's going to be at the Great Malvern in Malvern as well. Aren't we lucky having so many live music venues and incredible local bands and artists here in Worcester and Malvern? Do make the most of it. Try and get yourself out and support our local talent. On Saturday, the 29th of February, my topic is Travelling Man, the Ricky Nelson rock and roll show happening at Huntington Hall. This is the UK's first and only tribute dedicated to 50s and 60s rock and roll legend Ricky Nelson. 
There's going to be all the hits from the man who sold more records than anyone apart from Elvis Presley between the years of 1957 and 1962. That's pretty incredible. But you know, you'll know the hits, things like Hello, Mary Lou, It's Late and Poor Little Fool. It's all done by Dave B. He's currently in the hit show Rock and Roll Paradise. He plays Ricky in that and also the all-star Travelling Man Band and a special guest, the keyboard genius himself, Peter Gill. This is definitely rock and roll not to be missed if you love your rock and roll do check it out and also check out johnbanner.co.uk for all the details and get your tickets from Worcester Live there's also a Worcester Arts Workshop live lounge happening on Saturday, which promises to be fun as always. And I also recommend Hire on Maiden, the Iron Maiden tribute band. They're going to be at the Mars Bar on Saturday night. There's also going to be a great night over at Colwall Alehouse in Malvern with Akavinda. These guys are a Swedish a cappella group. They're girls, actually, and they're internationally acclaimed four-part Swedish a cappella group that performs original and modern interpretations of the traditional folk songs of Scandinavia, often using jazz improvisation. They're truly fantastic, apparently. They've been having rave reviews all over Europe. Do check them out. Akavinda.com and Akavinda is spelled A-K-E-R-V-I-N-D-A. Then on Sunday, the 1st of March, my top pick is Totally Tina at the Swan Theatre. This is where you can shake a tail feather with the UK's favourite Tina Turner spectacular, a.k.a. Justine Riddock and her talented cast, of course. Justine is incredible. It's a great show. Do get your tickets 7.30pm there at the Swan Theatre on Sunday. Then next week on Tuesday, the 3rd of March, don't miss Dom Jolly's Holiday Snaps, travel and comedy in the danger zone happening at Huntington Hall. You probably remember him from his days at Trigger Happy TV, but now he's giving fans a rare opportunity to see him live talking about his exploits as a serial globetrotter and seeker of dangerous travel spots. From North Korea, through the Congo and Syria to Chernobyl, he's visited some of the most unusual places on the planet. Little known fact, in fact, did you know he also famously attended school with, oh, with Osama bin Laden? Isn't that a weird fact? Yes, he's an interesting guy and a very, very funny one as well. Catch him while he's here in Worcester on Tuesday, the 3rd of March. Obviously, there are loads more things going on this week, so do check out the full listings in the paper or on our website. And remember, if you have an event going on, do let us know at the Worcester Malvern Observers so we can let everyone know. Have a great week. Back to you, Rob. Thanks, Claire, so much. We've just been debating whether she needs to edit anything. I think we've gone through without making any mistakes. I think it was perfect. We're getting better at this, aren't we? Do you know what? We this, we should be doing more of these. Should we do it again same time next week? <laughs> Let's do it again this time next week. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Get in contact with us, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email editor at worcesterobserver.co.uk. I forgot the web address You're going to mess up second. now. I was going to mess up then for a second, but I nearly said Evesham, that's what it was, because I've got Evesham on the brain now, because that's what I've got to go and do now. But until then, I've been your host, Rob George. Thank you so much to Claire. Bye. I think we're done here. Bye-bye. Bye.